want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. On today's episode is my friend, Dr. Christine Lee, who is truly an incredible human being, super smart, super, super smart, and caring and kind. And I just know you're going to enjoy getting to know her. In this episode, you'll learn what is procrastination, if you don't already know, and why do we do it? What is self-sabotage and its relationship with procrastination? And we talk about the experience of time itself. Dr. Christine Lee has been a clinical psychologist for the past 20 years, and she's been working online as a procrastination coach for the past 10 years, a pioneer in the online space. She helps people who are struggling with underperforming at work and at home to work smoothly and with high levels of productivity. Her coaching process is a blend of mindset, strategy, time, and emotion management work and guidance for higher levels of self-love and self-care. Here we go, my friends, my friend, Dr. Christine Lee. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. I've got a treat for you today. I have been pre-interview laughing my little patootie off with this amazing human being that I'm really just getting to know. We've known each other for a while, but we're we're forming a friendship and we have so much in common and just really, I'm so enjoying her and I know you are going to enjoy her as well. So Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nick. I have been enjoying our conversations, our new friendship, our new collaborations. Thank you for just being on my show. We just finished up the recording of that very great episode of your story and your journey. So I'm so honored to be here and looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, this is going to be fun because now we're doing, now it's like the flip. You know, you you got to interview me and now I get to do you. This is fun. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm a bit familiar with who you are, obviously, but I think you're new to my audience. So let them know who you are, what you do, who you serve, those kind of questions. Okay, terrific. I am Christine Lee. I go by the title doctor because I'm a clinical psychologist by trade and training and online identity too. I've been in that profession for more than 20 years, mostly in private practice. Some of my time in the profession has been in college counseling services as a staff psychologist. So my expertise has developed around the topic of procrastination. And it's really my mission, my heart's work. It's the thing I'm obsessed about thinking about. I think about time. I think about stress. I think about how to help people. I think about how to communicate what I know to people. So it's been a whole bunch of fun being in this 
part of my journey and my career to kind of come online for the past 10 years and do this fun work in this game we call entrepreneurship too. So I have had my fair share of ups and downs in entrepreneurship and I call myself procrastination coach online. And I'm in the phase right now, I think of experimenting and growing and being louder in quotes, just like really not caring so much about how things are sounding and pre-preparing. I was never much of a pre-preparer anyway, but now I'm just enjoying the TikTok vibe and the fact that we're all kind of trying to crawl out of COVID times and have fun again. So I'm really wanting to blend fun with work and not have work be such a chore. That's my general message anyway. And that is the short version, I think, but it's been really fun focusing on helping people to get out of their own way. That's what I do for people. I don't have a particular preference for what kind of people I work with. I work with people who are motivated to not do what they're doing to themselves in the current day. I like to help people feel better and I love it when they do. That's beautiful, honestly, because I think that no matter where we are on our entrepreneurial journey, we get in our own way. (laughs) Yes. You know, we can't help ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I also spend a lot of time just admiring that, thinking, Mm. wow, that is impressive. and, And I am impressed with my own past stories of procrastination, really like doing emotional somersaults and getting into crazy situations and drumming up all sorts of drama, even though I'm not really a dramatic person. (laughs) I'm not in theater. (laughs) Like I am not that person, but, but when it comes to delay and anxiety, I can really, you know, be there with the best of them. (laughs) So this idea of procrastination, where does it stem from? Where does it come from? Why do we do it? It's a very complicated question. The only thing I can think of at the moment is about ninth grade Latin class and learning the word crass, C-R-A-S, which is Latin for tomorrow. And we were doing derivatives, which is just English words that are derived from the Latin. And I learned the word procrastination late, I think in life, but I remember emotionally having my jaw drop open that there was a word for what I did. Mm. (laughs) And where does it come from? I think in each of us, it comes from different spaces. It comes from insecurity. It comes from, for me, I can share that it comes from a lack of organizational skill and knowledge and skill base. I just didn't have the basic understanding of, oh, four o'clock means four o'clock. I just missed all of that somehow. And I think in the current day, schools from the ground up are now training kids to be mindful of time and how to plan their time. I just feel like if they did that in my school, I missed, (laughs) I must've been kind of spaced out or bored or something, but I missed all of that. I would have missed the memo too. I think that it's a generational thing, right? The way in which we maybe see procrastination even might be different generationally based on our 
sort of the the upbringing, like you said, or the way in which we are we've been taught about it. Because I think of procrastination, you know, as something that people do to avoid. Yes. Right. That's that's sort of how I've been taught or told. But I think the reason I ask that question is I feel like it's deeper than that. It's deeper yes. than just an avoidance. Yes. It's so many other things. That's too. what I mean. Yeah. Yes. It's but it's also deeper too. I do feel that it can be connected to traumatic childhood experiences and or a very stressful or dysfunctional childhood environment where the feeling of stress is what the child is used to knowing as Mm. the air around them. And so there's some sort of draw to situations, to creating situations that will replicate that when we're adults. This is what we all do, by the way. This is not just procrastinators. We replicate and we find things that used to be, which is fascinating, but it can be really limiting to the adult procrastinator who does not understand yet that all of this can be changed. All of this can be left behind. All of this can be shifted and a whole lot gentler and that there's a whole other part of your brain and functioning that will be opened up when you do get a handle on these elements inside of you. We just got finished in my interview with you about the explosion of creativity that you had after a long period of introspection and work and spiritual connectedness with yourself. I think the procrastinator tends to be someone who readily disconnects from themselves. Again, I'm mostly speaking from my own experience, you know, a disassociation, Mm -hmm. a spacing out space cadet kind of picture. Stress isn't tolerated so well that even the tiniest uptick in stress can freak the person out. And I just think I have a real empathy for that, that anxiety can really make us not our best selves, but that that shouldn't be like a dig on that person that we shouldn't then mock that person or see them as less capable or see them as pitiful. And I think there is still this feeling that procrastination is something that we cannot share with other people that we cannot own up to that we cannot break out of because it just feels like something we should know not to do, even though it's so common. Yeah. It feels like you still get shame for it right? You still get shamed for being a procrastinator. What struck me when you were talking about that was that it was almost like fight or flight, that it becomes this like fight fight or flight response, you or fawn, I guess. Procrastination is sort of the the symptom, right, of that pullback. Is Is that accurate? I think what I'm thinking of when you say that is that, again, talking about my own past experience, there was nothing else but fight or flight. Yeah that I always felt in some sort of panic state, even though I was, as I am right now, optimistic, happy, pleasant, (laughs) getting along with people. Inside, I was like, what the hell is going to happen next? Who's going to yell at me next? What am I about to screw up? It was just this ongoing thread of things are not going to work out. I haven't worked things out. And how is this going to end? So it was always this foreboding sense, this unease, this lack of calm. 
So much so that the current calm that I feel most days throughout the day is like a, a pleasure. It's just a brand new universe for me. I feel like I'm a, a different person in many ways because I have this entirely new energy state that I can click into when I need to. And it's not so difficult because for the most part, I've got my stuff together. I've got a sense of time. I respect time at such a high level now that I don't feel at risk anymore for all the shenanigans that I used to get myself involved in. One more thing that I was thinking of from what you asked before was that I am a master at overcomplicating things. And I just think that's probably a skill of some kind. I don't really know how to describe the skill part of it, but it is something that I know about me. My husband will attest to this to no end because he sees things like a very logical, linear person would. And I'm seeing it in all the complexity and all the ways that I can make it even more messy and make it drag on for longer. And part of that is pleasurable for me because that's my brain. That's how my brain works. And I think part of what I teach people is an acceptance of the fact that some of these things are part of you. They're like how you came to the planet. So what good is it for you to like hate that part of yourself, fight it all the time, hide it from everyone and not include it in your general bag of tools that you have to problem solve, create things, do things, live, you know, it's like a really good thing that I do sometimes to make things complicated. I I love that you said this because before we came on today, I was thinking to myself, well, how do you procrastinate? You're not really a procrastinator. Like you're not really a procrastinator. You're the kind of person who gets everything done and then some. You are the best little boy in the entire world and you make everything happen. And then I had that realization that like that what you just spoke of, which is that I overcomplicate so many things. And it feels in a way almost like a form of self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the relationship between like procrastination and self-sabotage? I will. It's one of my favorite topics because I'm endlessly fascinated by self-sabotage and procrastination, but self-sabotage more because it's more mystical to me. And the way I define the two in contrast to each other is that procrastination is the stuff we do that we know we're doing basically like, okay, I'm going to wait. Okay. I'm going to delay. Okay. I'm avoiding this. Okay. I hate this. And we know it and we can tell each other that self-sabotage is the crap that happens when you feel like you've handled everything. You've done your best. You're excited about the thing. And then something crazy happens that is connected to you, but really wasn't consciously in your intention to make happen. And I wish I had some stories of mine to share with you about the times I've felt like I've self-sabotaged. There are many, but it's that feeling that, oh my freaking goodness, how did that happen again? I thought I had that covered. I thought I was done with that. I thought this was perfectly set up. And again, I teach we just have to chuckle instead of yell at ourselves, instead Mm. of feel like I need to quit now. I need to just step down from this position. I need to not pretend that I can do this, but it's just now a message that, oh, there's something that you're still worried about. There's something 
that isn't quite in alignment yet. Alignment's that in vogue word, right? But really there's something not in alignment because your body is still pushing to protect you because it's driven to, it can't help itself, but do that. And so I love that my body does that. I just wish it didn't happen so often. And actually it doesn't happen so much anymore, but it is like this sci-fi phenomenon where our body has a wisdom of its own, you know, that we, we ha- we're really not in control of all that much. You know, we are in control in very important ways, but so much of what is going on right now, we do not quite understand and we do not have full control over. So if we can get that little piece of procrastination straight, wow, we unleash so much power. Yeah. As you were speaking that, I was thinking of the repetitive patterns in my life and how they show up. And sometimes I just have to learn the lesson a few times, right? Like that idea of like the, the knock on the door and then the bricks falling and the whole, the whole wall falling on your face. Yeah. You know, sometimes I just have to, to sort of learn them. But I realized that some of that is that idea of like procrastinating the lesson. Yes. Yeah. I'm pushing the lesson down the road, even though there's a part of me that knows that I need it, need to listen more, that knows that I just like, I kick it down the spiritual path. Like, oh, I'll wait, I'll get there, I'll get there. Yes. And I love how you deepen the conversation there, because I think so many of us are in a position where we're not quite there yet. We're not even thinking that there's a lesson there. We're so caught in the fear because fear is crazy, scary, Mm -hmm. and it makes us feel like we're in jeopardy. And it kind of boggles our brain a little bit. It makes our brains less clear. So I don't just teach about getting rid of procrastination and kind of getting stronger against it. I teach about reducing your general habits of anxiety too, because that's such clutter in your life, in your system, in your flow, in your body. It's really like feeding yourself stress is just, I think these days about these little cells that are really, you know, just, they're so vibrant and young and (laughs) I'm into non-ageist language (laughs) lately. So I'm just like, I am not going to talk about myself as aging because my cells are listening and you know what? I am young and I have so much vibrance and I want to keep that going. And they replenish, right? Your cells replenish all the time. Totally, so guess, totally. So guess what? We are young. <laughs> we are all young. We all have the potential of great vibrancy. I don't mm. know if that's the word, but yes, I think that's the word. And I want to do my best to make sure I'm nurturing that part, Yeah. that the healthy part. I know we can get all judgy about this stuff, but it's like, I want to do my share. And I think I've spent a whole lot of my life doing the opposite. So I've got some maybe catching up to do, but I feel like when you see the, the extra nudge you get from supporting yourself and believing in yourself and trusting that things are going to be okay. So it's not just your relationship with yourself, but it's your relationship with chance and luck and other people and opportunity then you have much more to play with. And I guess, I don't know, I'm not the biggest athlete, but I 
I'm thinking there's no good analogy here. I'm trying, I'm struggling uh, that, you know, like a big football field and how that feels compared to maybe a pickleball court, you know, do you want, do you want the range of the football field or the pickleball mm. court? And we have to choose for ourselves, but I'm assuming that expansion is generally the vibe that we're going for. Definitely the vibe that we're going for. You know, it's interesting yeah. that you mentioned that, you know, sometimes you don't even know, you, you, you said that I deepen the conversation, but sometimes you don't even know like sort of the baseline, right? Like I remember when I was young, speaking of young, that I used to shake, literally shake. And I didn't know that that was anxiety. I had no idea. And a friend had to point it out to me. And when she did, that's when the knowing came in. And that's when I began to go a bit deeper. And yes, I was self-sabotaging in many, many ways because I wasn't looking at that. Mm -hmm. I was unaware. Yes. You know? Yes. And that, I feel like just imagining you as a younger person shaking there's something beautiful about that. I don't know if that makes me weird or what, but that that, that was like, you couldn't hold it back. You know, that it, there was something very essential about that for you at that time in your life. And I think it's just kind of like, if we can see our lives as beautiful stories and that the part that we might be hating about ourselves or so embarrassed by or so tired of is also there totally for this beautiful reason. And maybe we'll never be able to write that exact story, but I promise you there's a beautiful reason for it. Yeah. And I would just like to get people off the terrible story (laughs) aspect, like writing a terrible story about yourself. So how do we do that? How do we move out of that fear that, or that resistance or whatever it is that's holding you? Like how, how, how do we start? You make me think of one of my best teachers in psychology training. He was an award-winning teacher at Columbia Presbyterian Medical School, a behavioral psychologist. And what he used to do was teach people how not to be so anxious. And he said that some of the stuff he would do would take people through the city and have them touch things that were dirty. And I just thought at the time I was much younger, pretty naive and thinking, what? And like touching really dirty things. And he said to me on one of the street corners one day when we were moving from building to building that the one thing he wanted to teach his own children was to not get caught up in anxiety, something like that. And I was pre- children then but I remember thinking that's something I should probably tuck away for myself (laughs) that you know this is like life lesson 101 big time that anxiety is just something that is gonna trip you up catch you up slow you down and make some messes make some dirty messes in your life that can be really beautiful I was thinking when you said slow down that that ties back into your obsession with time. Like by slowing down, what happens with time? Sometimes it really expands. And we realize that it's how we're experiencing time 
rather than how time is actually ticking by in regular clock time. And I think that's something that probably your audience as creatives, most of them really know because creativity is not time bound, really. Well, society might make you think it is somehow like, oh, the, the deadline for the book. Right? That's yeah. a classic one, right? That's a great one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it sure is. I have a deadline. <laughs> yes, but that we know that creativity doesn't oftentimes pay attention to those kinds of boundaries and that we can be creative in all sorts of conditions that you wouldn't think would facilitate creativity too. So there isn't really a straight line story we can write about creativity, which is why being creative is so fun and so brilliant and so electrifying when it's great. And even when it sucks, it can be, you know, really good too. So don't get caught up in clock time, but do learn how to respect clock time. And I think that will help your creativity because when we I think like I was doing in my earlier days, I was throwing away buckets of time because I was prioritizing the protection of my ego and my sense of myself over the space of time in front of me. And I just lost so much social opportunity, financial opportunity, professional opportunity, voice, learning opportunity. And mind you, I'm someone, I'm a joiner, I'm a learner. Mm. So imagine what could have been. And I don't have to worry about that because that's bygones. And it also led me into this passion work that I do right now. And I feel like I've got so much time ahead of me because I'm young. Because <laughs> you're young, like we said. I, I, that, yeah. And you know, it's funny because when I was young, I thought I was so old. I always used to say that I would, oh, I can't believe how old I am now. Oh, I'm 26. I can't believe how old I am. Oh, I'm 29. I can't believe how old I am. Oh, I'm 35. And now I'm like, oh, I'm so young. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so young. Yeah. I think when I started my training, I was 26. And I was one of the younger ones in my program. So that brought with it a lot of anxiety. I was still pre-recovery of this stuff. And I felt like, how was I supposed to help anyone at such a young age? But then, you know, faster than lightning, I'm now twice as old as many of my patients. And it really makes you just wonder, you know, how this all is. It's all a wonder. And if you kind of lean in towards that and lean away from the I'm stuck, I'm too old, I'm, I've lost all my chances. There are no future chances. That's the stuff that really, to this day, makes me concerned when I hear that from people I'm working with or my family, friends, and actual people in my life that there's like, it's either A or B, you know, that's it. I'm giving up or I feel flat or I feel like there's no creative space in between A and B. Because I think there's like a million things now in between A and B. And you and I know we're studying from some of the same teachers that we have to learn to even consider things in this way. And we all have something new to learn from each other, as I've been learning from you today. And we've been swapping funny stories about our history together that there's so much room for fun. There's so much room for expanding 
there's so much room for more. Because, you know, they say time is illusionary, right? And, and I get it in the, in the respect of like, when I'm doing something that I d- despise, like say going to the dentist, that I, I, I can sit and look at the clock and watch the tick, right, of the clock as he's like working on my mouth. And it just feels like it's never going to end. And that same amount of time when I'm in that creative zone, when I'm in that space, feels like it just goes away. So often I think, do more of the things that I love and do less of the things I don't. Not that I don't want to go to the dentist because you need to go to the dentist. That's not exactly quite the, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, where am I spending my time? I will share with you my story about my actual dentist and what my general philosophy has turned into. And basically that is you turn everything into something you love. Oh, yes. That's so good. This is so good. My dentist is this young, older man who (laughs) is Chinese. I'm myself in Chinese American and he has a way with the dental tools that can sometimes be a little chaotic (laughs) and sometimes a little extra painful, but I have to say, I trust the man with my life or I would. And I feel that makes the whole experience like just that much more doable for me. I don't have to worry about the ethics of my dentist or the loveliness of my experience because I know that I'm safe I know that I can tolerate a little bit of extra pain because of this beautiful experience that I have with this man that I happen to be lucky to have with this man. But that is a creation of mine, Yeah. right? My husband thinks I'm bonkers for going to him, but (laughs) no offense to him. It may be a reflection of my husband, but that's just an example of how we're creating these perspectives. Yeah. We're co-creation. We're co-creating, right? Yeah. And so be careful of what you're calling stuff that you hate even. Yeah. Because that's just like heavying it along your path because dentists are helping us. They're rescuing us. Yeah, yeah. You got to go. Like I said, you got to go. So I love this perspective that you just offered, speaking of deepening the conversation, of of learning to love. Because sometimes it's not the easiest thing in the world, right? To love going to the dentist. But what about it can you love? What about it can be fun? What can be joyous? And can the experience of it be okay based on the trust that, like you said, that you have or this knowledge that you have? Even this little story is something I love. Is that it's so quirky and like not everybody would tolerate this or do this or see it like this. But I love that. Because it's very special to me, actually. This person's very special to me. And it is what it is. <laughs> but it's not a problem for me. I, I've eliminated dentistry as a problem in my life. <laughs> Check, right? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Onto something else that comes up for you. He's come for you to find the joy, I like to think. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and laughing and sharing silly stories and big stories and giving us your knowledge and experience. I really appreciate our new friendship. Thank you so much. Me too. I want to share with you that before we recorded this episode, I was like, my voice is almost gone already because we were laughing so hard in the last one. So thank you for today too. You've been a delight to get to know and thank you for having me on your show. So how can everyone get in touch with you? How can they find you uh, across the the interwebs? 
across the interwebs, I am procrastination coach. I'm newly enjoying TikTok. So come find me over there. I love teaching. I just recently told you that. So I teach little snippets of things on Instagram and TikTok. And I just invite your listeners to connect with me and ask questions and share experiences that you love. Well, let's do a, let's do a, a an, an IG or a TikTok collaboration. Let's do it. And uh, we'll, we'll make sure that that comes out uh, in time for our, one of our, one of our podcast drops anyway. So thank you so much again. And uh, I really appreciate you. It's a pleasure. So if you enjoyed today's show, which I'm sure you did, be sure to go to Instagram and DM either Christine or me, or both of us for that matter, and let us know what your biggest takeaway, aha, or favorite story, favorite kooky story was today. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye.